Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Who is a mighty man of God. I want to welcome Pastor Ross as he comes to preach. Thank you, Tim. Wow. So good to be back. Last Sunday we were in Melbourne, freezing. We went to Hillsong Church down there and our grandson got dedicated and that was great, but there's no place like home. The presence of God is in this house. He's here. He's here. Eddie, I just saw God's spirit surrounding you. You're not alone. I just saw the presence of God surrounding you. He wants you to know you're never alone. I saw his power all around you. I saw his love and his presence with you. No matter whether family or friends support you or stand with you, God says, I'm surrounding you. I'm surrounding you. Oh, Jesus. This awesome family from Gympie, as we were worshiping, I felt the Spirit of God say, there's a hunger in your hearts and he wants to keep stirring it. Just come out for a minute. I want to pray for God to touch your lives. I just saw a real hunger. This, all, any of the family that want to come out, just come and the friends, you guys come too, Cain and free your friends with them. Come, come on out here. Just stand along here because I just want to, I just felt the Spirit of God wants to stir your hearts. Some of the guys come and help us here because the Spirit of God's here. I don't know you guys well apart from you live in Gympie and you're some relation of Elva's niece. Okay, Elva Kay's niece. <clears throat> but I just see a hunger in this whole family. I just saw the Spirit of God just stirring your hearts. I want you to just reach out as if you're receiving a gift. Just reach hands out in front and just, just let the presence of God touch your life because there's just a hunger in your hearts right now. Lord, I just pray. Congregation, reach. speak the name of Jesus right now. Just minister right now. Lord, I just pray. I pray right now for your, your spirit of life to overflow. Lord, I just release your anointing right now. Touch the hunger of their heart, Lord. Lord, I thank you for freedom overflowing their hearts, that no weapon formed against them will succeed. And I lift off any disappointment and I release joy and freedom and I release your presence. Lord, fill the hunger of their heart. Lord, I thank you for your power right now, just overflowing, overflowing. Lord, I just thank you for, Lord, my brother, Lord, as he leads his family, let him just continue to step forward with authority, with peace and Lord with confidence for the Lord will strengthen and restore your confidence. I thank you for your blessing overflowing. Lord, I thank you for these precious young ladies. Lord, let your presence and anointing just fill their lives. For the Lord would give you gifts that you will be surprised by. He will give you the gift of his peace and presence and he will give you a capacity to exceed what you think in the natural you can do. Because the Spirit of God will increase your confidence and your capacity. Lord, I thank you. Thank you for this purity of heart in this precious young lady, Lord. There's a purity of heart and a willingness to just follow after you. I thank you for that in her life. Lord, I thank you. Holy Spirit, just anoint her right now. Oh, God. Oh, Holy Spirit, just fill her right now. Oh, God, just let her draw from your presence. Let her draw from your presence. Oh, God, Lord, I thank you that you would just satisfy the hunger. Let her draw from your presence. Oh, God, just pour in your grace and your love. Let your anointing just overflow her life. Oh, God, let your presence be the mark of her life, I pray. Lord, her friends will see the presence of Almighty God just filling her life in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you. God, I thank you for your grace touching touching their lives. Father, 
You've brought them into this house and over these last months, there's been a, a change happening over their lives. Lord, there's been a breakthrough. And the Lord would say, you can take the next steps. The Lord would say, I will give you confidence to take the next steps that he's been speaking to you and calling you. You will not be afraid to step up and take the next steps and God will surround you as you walk in surrender and obedience and take the next steps. God will come in his grace and power and things that have limited you will be broken off of your mind and your heart. Because he, he says you can take the next steps that I've called you to. And the Spirit of God will fill you with his presence. He will fill you with his presence. Oh, Lord, I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Oh, God, we lift off pressure and anxiety and let peace. Lord, I lift off anxiety and pressure, feeling that she's not good enough and she's not coping. Right now, Lord, I release. I release your presence. I release your presence right now. Right now. Oh, God, let your grace, let your grace just flow over her right now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, Lord, just bring your release over her heart right now. Lord, I thank you for your presence just filling her life. Lord, we're releasing her, touching her heart. Oh, God. God, you would say, don't be anxious for anything, but in everything, by prayer and loving God and thanksgiving, you would walk in a new place of freedom. I lift off every anxiety of her soul in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Oh, Lord, let your blessing be over this family. Lord, as they go back to Gimby, they would carry, Lord, a fire in their heart. They would carry a faith in their soul. And there would be a confession and words of life will flow out of them, I pray. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Well, let's give God praise. He's an awesome, awesome God. Go in the strength of God. God bless you. Hallelujah. The other word I got was disappointment. <laughs> There's some people here and you're carrying a disappointment. It might be recent and something that you were hoping for didn't work out. Or something that's been just nagging at you for a considerable period of time. But I just feel the Holy Spirit wants to lift off the disappointment. Something you believe for and it didn't work out. I feel the presence of God just coming right now. If that's you, just reach up to heaven right now. I just feel His Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, just come. Wherever you are, just reach up. I want you to give that thing which you had hoped for or believed for to God. And the Spirit of God would say, all things can work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. So even though you hoped and believed something was going to happen at a certain time or in a certain way and it hasn't happened yet, the Spirit of God says, if you surrender that to me, in my grace, I can turn it around and bring about His purpose over your life. Lord, I just pray right now your Holy Spirit will just fill every heart. That's why I just receive it right now. Say, Lord, I receive. As Tim said, you don't have to strive. You just say, Lord, I receive your hope for the future and I'm not going to live in disappointment for the rest of my days. I'm not going to live wishing and hoping something had happened and it hasn't happened. But right now, I lift off disappointment and I release your beautiful presence. Oh, your beautiful, beautiful presence over their lives in Jesus' mighty name. In the name of Jesus. I thank you for it, Lord. Oh, I thank you for it, Lord. This lovely lady here, the Lord would say, freedom is yours. 
Freedom is yours. Freedom. Jennifer, freedom is yours. It's a gift. Freedom is yours. In your mind, where the enemy has tormented and attacked your mind, I release freedom right now. Lord, we place over her mind the the helmet of salvation and peace over her mind right now. Right now, and I release freedom over her life and her household and her soul in Jesus' name. Lord, take her by the hand and lead her into open places of freedom. Lord, we love you. We just love you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being here, for ministering, for touching our lives. You are so awesome, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Let's take our seats. Thank you. Wow. Church is about meeting with God, not just singing a few songs and uh, having a nice message. Wow, all that smoke's getting to my throat, isn't it? Terrible. Mate. Fraser Island is on fire. We flew over it yesterday and there's fires over there. This morning I shared for a a while on uh, (coughs) the gift of prophecy. I've been talking about the spiritual gifts and uh, we talked out of 1 Corinthians 12 how that God gives different spiritual gifts. And we all love gifts. We all enjoy gifts that God gives us and especially the unexpected ones. When it comes to birthday or Christmas, we're expecting a gift but when someone just brings a gift unexpected, how awesome is that? God just loves to give us gifts And he's given the gifts of the Spirit. We talked about the gift of prophecy and how that we can use a prophetic word, a word from God like warfare. In 1 Timothy 1.18 it says, Timothy, my son, I'm giving you the command and keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that by recalling them you may fight the battle well, holding on to faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and so have suffered shipwreck with regard to their faith. God gives you a scripture a word, it's like a sword in your hand. And you can, you can defeat the schemes of the enemy. You can say, it is written. I'm an overcomer. All things are possible to him that believes, and that includes me because I'm a believer. Put your name in the Bible. And uh, Marilyn gave me a personalized Bible the previous Christmas, and uh, I've been reading right through it, and it puts my name in the Scriptures. However, so it's you or them or us, it's actually printed up with my name in it. So wherever I am, Ross can overcome all things in Christ. And so all the way through, my name's through the Bible, and it's made me personalize all of the scriptures. Because often we read it in the third person and say, oh, that's awesome for the disciples or the early church. But when you read through Ephesians, it says, Ross is an overcomer. Ross is greatly loved by God. So all through the scriptures, my name's in it. And so it's not... Uh, being sacrilegious it's just applying it and making it personal so I want to encourage you when you read the Bible when you're singing songs put yourself in there and make it personal because that's when it comes alive that's when the presence of God comes alive for God has not given Ross a spirit of fear but he's given me power and love and a sound mind and so I put myself in there and it all of a sudden it becomes real and I want to encourage you from this day on when you're reading the Bible put your name in there Wherever it's got you or them or us, just put your name in and personalize it and make it because that's what the Bible's written for. It's a love letter from God to his people. And that's why he wants us to have that. So the Holy Spirit comes 
to make it real in our hearts and our lives. And God wants us to stay humble, happy and hungry for God. The three H's. Tonight's message is brought to you by the letter H. Happy, (laughs) humble and hungry. Stay happy, hungry and humble for all that God's got for your life. It's so easy to get grumpy and complaining and discouraged and disappointed and overwhelmed by what's happening all around our world and the media and all the junk that's going on. But I want to encourage you, you can stay happy because the joy of the Lord is your strength. You can stay hungry. As Troy said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness for they will be filled. And I'll never forget Andrew Ironside a few years ago when he did one of his spiritual encounters. He talked about how do you get hungry? He said, you stop eating junk food. If you eat junk food and you go home and someone's got a three-course meal for you, you won't be hungry for it, no matter how good the food is. And we fill our minds and our souls often with junk food, things that give us a quick fix, the sugar hit, the adrenaline rush, things that temporarily stir and satisfy our mind or our heart or our soul. And then when we come to the true things of the Spirit of God... We sometimes don't know how to delight in it and hunger for it. Be still and know that I am God. Because sometimes we're just rushing and busy and filling our lives with so much stuff. Because we've got Facebook and Instagram and we've got emails and texts and we've got so many things just grabbing our attention. We've got 24-7 news cycle. We've got Christian TV all the time. We've got so many things. We've got iPods and we've got all sorts of things in our ears and and we wonder why we can't hear from God sometimes because we've just filled our soul sometimes with things that are not bad but they partially satisfy our soul like junk food does but God wants us to hunger after him so be happy humble and hungry for the things of the spirit of God and the prophetic releases the presence of God It's interesting to note that God spoke prophetically to the people of Israel that they would possess the promised land and there was at least 2 million adults plus children, families and yet after 40 years only two of that generation actually fulfilled the prophetic word that God spoke to them, Joshua and Caleb. All of them could have gone in but because they had unbelief and fear and the giants looked too big Joshua and Caleb were the only two of that generation, 20 or older, that made it to the promised land. And yet prophetically, God said they could all go in. It was a less than a 40-day journey and it took them 40 years. Boy, that's missing the mark, isn't it? That's, That's a long journey in the wilderness. And God says, hey, don't settle for less. God prophesied the potential of what they could inherit, but only two out of millions made it. I thought, that's terrible. God will sometimes sow a word of prophetic hope for you, but you've got to choose to embrace it, to be happy, hungry, and humble, to run after it and believe for it and let it fill your heart and life. And... uh, God spoke his intent to prophetic to Saul when he was an appointed king. But he also knew that he would end his reign disgracefully. Still God spoke his intent. God spoke prophetically to Hezekiah, a king, 
and said he was going to die, but he prayed and God gave him another 15 years. And so when we hunger after God, he, he is drawn to us and we're drawn to him and God will speak, speak prophetic intent for your life, but you've got to choose to embrace it and run after it and add faith to it. And God chooses to not reveal everything. If he did, we probably wouldn't run after the journey of life God's given us. He shows us enough to keep us following after him. He shows us in love. But if he showed us everything that was going to happen in our life, some of us would have never got married. Some of us wouldn't have started out studying in that career to become a doctor or professional person, thinking all the responsibility. Some of us would have made other choices. Probably lived on the beach and just enjoyed life and got lazy and fat. But God will show us and reveal to us what he knows we need to know so that we can live fulfilling, amazing lives and your life can touch so many other people. I was brought up on a farm and I loved farming. I could have stayed as a farmer and touched a few people's lives. But God drew me out of that and threw me into another whole journey. So now I've ended up in ministry for these last 40 years and had an amazing, amazing life that has been so much bigger than I ever could have imagined because I sought him with my heart and I was willing to take the steps of faith even with uncertainty along the journey. Don't settle where you are. God's got prophetically so much more for your life. Proverbs 21, two, 25 two says, It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search out a matter is the glory of kings. God sometimes won't show you it all, but if you hunger for him, you will see it happen. When the Bible sometimes talks about kings in Psalms and Proverbs, it's often referring to a leader. So if you're a leader, you can apply so many of the scriptures in Proverbs and Psalms that talk about kings, because the king's a leader. And so you can take those and say, wow, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's like when your parents and... Uh, if there's a birthday party on and you hide lollies in the garden or some of you might have had the Easter egg hunt or other things that happen. Now, if you've got three-year-old children, it's their party, you're not going to hide their lollies up the top of the trees. You're not going to put them over the top of the fence so they can't reach them or see them. That would be a recipe in absolute frustration. And that's how some people think God treats them. He makes it too hard. No, you put them so where they can find a couple easily on the path and, and around the garden, and then you put a few a little bit harder for the, the smart kids among them. If they're 12-year-olds, you're not going to lay them all out on the lawn. You're going to put some up in the, the um, branches of a tree, and you're going to hide some behind something so that they've got to search to find it. God chooses to conceal some things, not so that he can stop us getting it, but so we will seek after it and look for it. Because it says it's the glory of kings to seek out and to find. <clears throat> and I believe there's so many things God wants us to enjoy and to look for and to hunger for and we will find it. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may follow all the words of this law. Wow, so God has secret things. Not bad things, secret things, because he wants us to hunger for his presence. He wants us to learn to love him. 
to have that place of peace and wholeness. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13.9, Paul said, we prophesy in part. And Hebrews 11.39 is one of those puzzling scriptures, but I want to read it. These men and women of faith, though they trusted God and won his approval, none of them received all that God had promised them. The implication is in this life they never received it all, but in eternity they did. And sometimes you will seek God and things don't work out in this life, but don't give up because God is drawing you to run after him. So let's go on to the next one, which is the gift of tongues. It talks about prophecy, tongues and interpretation of tongues. And speaking in other tongues has been one of the most controversial things throughout church history. Why? Because the devil hates it because it speaks about the anointing and the freedom of the Holy Spirit. And from the day that the Holy Spirit was poured out in the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, we see that many in the early days, speaking in tongues and being filled with the Holy Spirit was the normal Christian life. That was what everyone expected and believed. And over the centuries, some believers have, haven't experienced it, so they made up reasons and excuses and theologies that explain it away. But the Bible is full of truth. And uh, speaking in other tongues is a gift of God for every believer. It doesn't say that it's finished. And I believe that we need to embrace that. And I thank God for the power. I just want to do a little bit of teaching on that tonight to stir our hearts. Give us understanding on this supernatural gift of God. The gift of the Spirit named in the Scripture is literally varieties of languages. And so God's, most of us can speak English or Australian. Who else can speak another language apart from speaking in tongues? Who else can speak a second language? One or two, what can you speak? What's that? German. Who else can speak another language? Yep. Maori, right? New Zealand Maori. Hey, we don't have many people who can speak other languages. We've just been to Melbourne where just about everyone speaks two or three languages. <coughs> and, uh, so most of us can speak English or Australian in some form. But the Bible here talks about that... When we get filled with the Holy Spirit, he will give us another language or languages. It's a supernatural gift that God gives us. Why on earth would he do that? The gift of uh, the living Bible refers to as the, being able to speak in languages a person has never naturally learned. Well, so when we speak in other tongues, the Bible says we can be speaking other earthly languages we'd never learnt, or it can be a mixture of syllables and words that communicate direct from your spirit to God. Only God could think that up. That is just amazing. And I think it's an incredible adventure because in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, it says the Holy Spirit was poured out on people from about 15 different nationalities and they started to praise God together. If you go back to Genesis chapter 6, it says the people were trying to build a tower to heaven to show how great they were. And God came down and says he confused the languages of the people and they separated all over the earth because he told them to multiply and fill the earth, but they hadn't. They'd multiplied and stayed in one place. So God said the only way I'm going to get them to fill the earth is to give them different languages so they can't communicate. So now they've got to find one another they can communicate with and spread all over the earth. And that's what happened. That's where all the languages came from. On the day of Pentecost, God now gave a common language of the Spirit again and brought the people back together with a supernatural language. How amazing is that? That's what God was doing by His Spirit. So we see 
The gift of tongues or other languages is a special gift of God. There are at least 30 references to speaking in tongues in the New Testament. Some of the more common references are Acts 2, they speak with other tongues. Acts 10.46 says to speak with tongues. 1 Corinthians 14.2 and 4 says to speak in an unknown tongue. 1 Corinthians 12.10 says different kinds of tongues. And Mark 16.17 it says and speak with new tongues. So the realm in which the gift of tongues operates is not the human mind, but the human organs of speech, your tongue, your mouth, and your voice box. The mind is primarily a spectator to the event, and it neither frames the words nor does it premeditate or arrange them. The Old Testament story of a prophet, Balaam, illustrates how this works. The king had wanted him to come and curse the people of Israel. And he basically said, well, I can only speak what God tells me to speak. So in Numbers 22:38 it says... Well, I've come to you now, Balaam replied, but I can't say whatever I please. I must speak only what God puts in my mouth. So although Balaam was describing the operation of the gift of prophecy, the procedure and relationship he shows characterizes the gift of tongues. When one is going to speak anointed speech, he can only say what God gives him to say. So while the Bible very clearly makes a difference between tongues as a sign of the baptism of the Holy Spirit... And tongues, the gift of the Holy Spirit, this difference is one of function and not of kind. So when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, often you'll have a speaking in other tongues. I remember I got filled with the Holy Spirit at an Easter camp here at Bethshan Campsite at Harvey Bay. And I only got a few words and syllables that first night. But over that next week, it grew into a language the more I used it. Other people get a great flow. Some have different languages in the Spirit. So... I believe there's a personal prayer language that God wants all of us to have. It's just a sign that we are filled and overflowing with the Holy Spirit. doesn't mean the Spirit of God's not in you if you can't speak in tongues because you are born again by the Spirit of God. He comes into your soul. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. But being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in other tongues, it's like an overflow or it's some extra strength and spiritual equipment for you to live an overflowing life. I couldn't do ministry if I didn't speak in other tongues and flow in that supernatural realm. It opens the door for the prophetic and the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you don't understand that, I encourage you to, to seek God and have an open heart because it's a, it's a supernatural gift that will take you from natural reasoning with God into a supernatural flow. And I remember I was born again for four months before I got filled with the Spirit. I got increasingly hungry and frustrated. Because I'd, I'd pray and they say, pray for an hour. I'm thinking, mate, three minutes and I've run out of things to pray for. But when I got filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in other tongues, I could pray for a half an hour and it would go like that. Because I'd pray with my understanding for things or situations. Then I'd pray in other tongues for a minute or two. Then all of a sudden I've got another whole pile of things to pray for. And the same with worship. It just sort of built up and flowed like a river through my life. And so the spiritual life became a flow, an adventure and so much more empowering and easier in so many ways. It's like I was now on high-octane fuel, not with just basic standard petrol. I was on something that just put energy and flow in my life. So if you're filled with the Spirit, I want to encourage you, don't minimize it and think, oh, well, that's something that's happened to me. God wants you to flow in that amazing river of the Spirit of God. So tongues are a, a sign or a significant sign that you feel the spirit but they're also a gift that can flow through your life and someone can like we have someone sing a, or, or speak a prophetic word sometimes God will 
stir your heart to speak out or sing out a message in other tongues and then someone else will interpret it. And that's a powerful way that God will communicate to people's hearts and lives. And God wants us to flow in this river of the Spirit of God. There are three special practical outcomes of being filled with the Spirit. Number one, tongues are an avenue of prayer and worship. The Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 14 2, For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. And in 1 Corinthians 14 14, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. And us, if you're, if you're a logical and reasoning person, you try to understand what you're saying. I remember when I first started speaking tongues, I think, What am I saying? You don't know because your mind's not fully engaged. And that's really hard for us in Western society because we've exalted the mind with Greek thinking that we've got to understand everything that's going on in our life. Sorry, that's not the way God's designed you to function. Education and Greek thinking makes the mind exalted above the spirit. But God's created our spirit to be what is connected and redeemed by God and then our mind, our will and our emotions and our body gets transformed in the process and so we've made so much emphasis on the mind and that's why some people struggle with the gifts of the spirit and the supernatural and miracles because they can't understand it fully therefore they say that's not for me and many of us do that when we first come to Christianity or people come to a church like this and we they see people getting prayed for and sometimes there's a a supernatural release or they get slain in the spirit or they see someone prophesy or speak in other tongues and they think, wow, that's weird, I don't understand that. Your natural mind can't understand the things of the spirit because they are spiritually discerned. doesn't make them any less powerful, it makes them more powerful. And I just want to encourage you, don't pull back because you don't understand. Press in and say, God, teach me and show me how this works. And if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, pray in that heavenly language Sing in the Spirit because you'll find it will bring greater and greater release for your heart and your life. Tongues relief uh, relate the worshiper directly to God and transcend the, the ordinary limitations of human speech. 1 Corinthians 14 15 clearly contrasts prayer and the Spirit involving tongues with prayer expressed by human understanding. Karl Barth, a theologian, referred to tongues as an attempt to express the inexpressible. Sometimes you're worshipping, you just run out of words, don't you? You just you think, oh, I'd, I'd just like to say more to God, but you run out of words. And I just pray in the Spirit. And it's like this flow starts to happen out of your heart. And before you know it, there's an overflow. And then your mind starts to get activated again. And you've got this whole flow of spiritual life. Through tongues, prayer and worship are raised to their highest level and elevated far above shallow lip service. Through the Holy Spirit, people are enabled to worship in spirit and in truth. John 4, 23 and 24, Jesus said, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in the spirit and in truth. Sometimes the gift of tongues is a divinely given speech that communicates directly to God. One author said, Tongue speaking is a new way of praying. It's a prayer that is non-taxing, flowing and restful. Well, isn't that awesome? I can be driving the car and praying in tongues. And it's just your, your, heart, your spirit's connecting with God and you're praying in the spirit. 
And then you'll move from praying in the Spirit to praying with your own understanding and there's a new place of authority and confidence and breakthrough. What an amazing gift that is that God's given us. I want to encourage you to use it, develop it more and more in your life. It is generally accepted when the gift of tongues functions as a means of worship and prayer, even though it may be in a public meeting, what is said does not have to be interpreted. I call it our own personal prayer language. So you don't have to interpret that all the time. Occasionally, someone will speak a message in tongues publicly and then someone else will interpret. But we've all got our own prayer language and God wants us to live in the overflow of that. The more you do it, the more strength and spiritual life and freedom will grow in your life. Secondly, tongues are a sign. 1 Corinthians 14.22 says, Tongues then are a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. In general, a manifestation of tongues establishes that God is real and at work through the Holy Spirit. By their existence, tongues proclaim that God has spoken and that he is to be believed and obeyed. A visible or audible sign becomes necessary wherever there are those who are not yet convinced by faith alone. And there's been many times where someone would speak a message in tongues and it will, it will connect with their heart and life. And I've shared this story before, but some of you may not have heard it. When Mary Lynn first got filled with the Holy Spirit as an 18-year-old, come out of a Catholic church background where speaking in tongues and that supernatural stuff wasn't talked about much. So she came to a church like this at uh, Nambour and was hungry for more and walked into church and there's praise and worship just like tonight and people are dancing and clapping. That's not common in the Catholic church. And so she was captivated by all of them. Wow, I haven't seen this before. And then the worship sort of just eased off and then someone got up on one side of the church and spoke out a message loudly in tongues and then someone on the other side got up and gave the interpretation. She'd never seen it before. She says, whoa, what's that? She says, I don't understand this, but God's in the house and the hair stood up on the back of her neck and her spirit got really excited. She knew God was in the place because it was a supernatural sign that her mind couldn't understand, but her spirit immediately knew this was God. And so many people get impacted by tongues that are a sign. So anyway, a few weeks later, Marilyn got filled with the Holy Spirit, and then she's in a, a home group, a life group, worshipping at the Nambour Caravan Park, because the manager of the Caravan Park was spiritual Christians and came to the uh, Pentecostal church. And so she's worshipping and and enjoying this new release and freedom of worshipping other tongues. And as she's worshipping and singing, while someone playing guitar and they were singing, and then someone gave a Bible study. At the end of the meeting, this lady came up to Mary Lynn and says, how long have you been speaking French? Yeah, she spoke in French to Mary Lynn. I mean, she said, I don't understand. This lady said, well, I heard you speaking fluent French before. She said, I'm a lecturer in French at the university, and you were speaking fluent French before. How come you can't understand it? And she was so puzzled. And Marilyn twigged on and said, what did I say? And this lady explained, she says, I'm not a Christian, but you explained to me who Jesus was and the way of salvation, how to get my life right with God. She was worshipping just in the spiritual language of tongues, but God translated it and spoke to this lady and she was hearing fluent French. How powerful is that? That lady will never forget that meeting. And from what we can gather, she gave her life to Jesus after that. Because tongues are a sign 
to the unbeliever. And there are many stories, I've read and heard many stories like that, where God will sometimes take a supernatural sign to get someone's attention. And sometimes he'll do it through a miracle. Sometimes he'll do it through a message in tongues. Or someone will start to prophesy and, or have a word of knowledge and all of a sudden the, someone in the church has never been there before and they've got that exact condition and they say, wow. And then God heals them and they think, whoa, this God stuff's real. So God will sometimes use signs as one of the ways. It's not the only way, but it's one of the ways. And thirdly, tongues are a means of edification or being built up. 1 Corinthians 14, 4 says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. So when you speak in other tongues, you're actually charging yourself up. There's a, uh, the word edification means a process of building up, and in the spiritual realm, that is exactly what tongues accomplishes in the believer. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible, along with a few hundred others. Little book of Jude, just before Revelation. Jude verse 20. It's only got about 22 verses or something. Verse 20 says, But you, dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Spirit. Paul saw great value in speaking in tongues and recognized that only this gift resulted in personal edification. So that verse there, pray, build yourself up, it's almost like every night, most of you, unless you've got some super mobile phone, have to plug it in every night and recharge the battery. If you don't, it might last a couple of days if you've got a really good phone or if you don't use it much. But you plug it in, turn the power on and recharge it. Whenever I pray in other tongues, it's like charging up my spiritual batteries. It, I, just, I can be discouraged, tired frustrated, disappointed. I start to pray in the spirit for five minutes, ten minutes, and all of a sudden I feel energized for someone to plug me in to the power of heaven. And that's, I've learnt the power of that. Some people say, how come you're nearly always up or positive? This is one of the reasons. Because I just pray in the spirit often. If I'm in the car on my own, I'm nearly always praying in tongues. Doesn't mean I don't have some Christian music on the background. When I'm walking around, sometimes the first thing I do in the morning, I get up and I start praying in other tongues. Tim's nodding his head because he grew up in our house. And I've just learned over decades now the power of praying in the Spirit. And it quickly takes me from a place of discouragement or being down or anxious or discouraged or whatever other feelings or overwhelming things happen just because we're human. It quickly takes me from there into a place of strength and freedom. Sometimes it only takes a few minutes. Other times it takes longer because you're wrestling stuff through. And it's not a magic cure, but it's like plugging your spirit into the power of heaven. And you get energized. It stirs you up. It edifies. It builds you up. And so many believers are filled with the spirit and they rarely pray in tongues. They do it when they get excited in church. But I've, we've, we've just forgotten the power of what God's given. It's a gift. It's a beautiful, beautiful gift. It's like if, if uh, someone came and gave you a beautiful new car and you park it in the garage and you take it out on Christmas and special events when the rallies come, but the rest of the time you just walk and pedal your bicycle all around town. We think, why on earth don't you use that beautiful, powerful car to get there so much quicker? Oh, I don't want to wear it out. It just, uh, and it just takes a while to get it out of the garage and I can be already down the street in my push bike by then. 
Some of us as Christians, we've been given these amazing gifts and we still pedal away in the journey of life, making it unnecessarily slow and difficult when the Spirit of God's given us these amazing gifts of His Word and His Spirit and speaking in this heavenly language. I want to encourage you, don't settle for less. Maybe you've been raised in a church or you've never heard much teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit or speaking other tongues. I want to encourage you, keep your heart and your mind open. Chat to others. Search out the scriptures, the book of Acts. We haven't got time to go through all those scriptures tonight, but I want to encourage you, don't, don't put it in the too hard basket. Think, I don't understand that. I believe that God wants us to have that flowing. 1 Corinthians 14.5, Paul said, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. And in verse 18, chapter 14, verse 18, he says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. And this church at Corinth, they were crazy Pentecostals. They were so wild that, and full of passion and fire that Paul had to write some directions on how to use the gifts of the Spirit because they had so much fire and passion. And he said, I thank God <clears throat> I speak in tongues more than all of you. <clears throat> and they wow, wow. It's not a magic cure, but it's a gift that God wants you to use to strengthen your faith. And the more I speak in other tongues and worship God, the sharper my spiritual discernment comes. You meet someone and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit starts to give you a download of what's really happening in that person's life. Like, Whoa, I never would have known that. I never would have understood that. Let me tell you, it is very powerful. But God will not allow you to misuse that sense of discernment or insight or compassion. You'll have some people that you're just not able to connect with. Let me tell you, when you pray and worship in the Spirit, He'll start to fill you with His love. And you'll, you'll be able to love that person in the natural thing. Oh, I wouldn't really connect with them. I don't, I don't get their worldview. But God will give you compassion to touch their heart. That's how powerful it is. Because 1 Corinthians 13, the Apostle Paul said, Even if I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but if, if I have not love, I am a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. And Peter preached that a few weeks ago and reminded him, he got on the drum kit and started banging the cymbals to show us, if we don't have love, you can have all the other spiritual gifts and power, but it won't achieve much if it's not motivated out of love. Tongues can are not just garbled words or childish gibberish. Some people, that just sounds like a baby trying to talk. It is languages of the Spirit. It was syllables. Acts 2.11, it says, they heard them declaring the wonders of God in their own languages. And I believe that God wants us to flow with that. Although tongues can be one of the most common gifts, we need to have wisdom of how we use it in our lives. And I want to encourage you, if you've got that personal prayer language, don't put it on the shelf and, and just do it for five minutes in church next Sunday when we're having an exciting, oh, we're all excited, let's just worship in tongues for a bit. Hey, do that, but use it every day. I was teaching at a uh, pastor's uh, conference on the Sunshine Coast a few weeks ago and I was talking about prophetic and moving the gifts of spirit and some of the pastors said, how, how often do you pray in tongues a day? And I was immediately on the spot. You know those Q&As, they're always challenging and exciting i thought well how how, many, how often do i and i started to think and add up and i thought well i probably on average pray in tongues at least half an hour a day when i add up the moments in the shower the uh, moments when i'm driving in the car and the moments when i'm just 
doing it from time to time, I thought, wow, it would be at least half an hour a day. And on Fridays, we have an hour and a half prayer meeting here and probably half of that is spent in praying in tongues. So Friday, I up my level a bit on Fridays and Sundays I up my level because we're in church and I'm just letting the, the river flow. It's not trying to be super spiritual. It's just that I found that releases me to flourish and function in a freedom, in a confidence, in a flow of the river of the Spirit. And if you're involved in any area of ministry with kids or uh, youth or, or serving and helping others, I just find praying in the Spirit just helps release. I remember one guy preaching years ago, he said he prays in tongues for at least a half an hour before he gets up to preach. He said, if I don't do that, my head's not clear and I'm just relying on my own intellect and my own study and research. But he said, when I've done my study and research and then I get up and I pray in the Spirit, then God starts to put it in His order and all of a sudden it flows. I want to encourage you today. Let's have hungry hearts for the Spirit of God. Let's, worship team, come on up. We'll just take a few minutes before we finish tonight. And I just want to encourage you. There's lots more teaching there, but I encourage you to read the book of Acts. If you're not... Don't have that uh, gift of other tongues. We're just going to worship for a couple of minutes tonight when we finish. Why don't you just ask God and say, fill me with your spirit and let it flow. And the key is, God will use your lips, your voice box, and your mouth, your tongue, to speak in that other language. But we try to work it out and think, well, God's going to have to um, imprint it all on me. But he gives you the word. He, he stirs you with the words, but you've got to cooperate and stop speaking English and just speaking in this other language. It's a, it's a small but important step of faith. And I tried to work it out for four months and I listened to other people. I tried to copy them. I thought, that doesn't sound right. And so it was just, I was only young and I was trying to work out this spiritual gift. But then when I got hungry and humble, and what's the other one? Happy. Instead of striving, I, it started to flow. And then this river started to flow. And that's that's over 40 years ago now and I'm just so thankful for the gift of the Spirit now the tongues and it's not the tongues it's the Holy Spirit and the tongues is just the manifestation of His presence so don't hunger after tongues hunger after God and His Spirit and He will you'll get all that He is just like if you love Jesus He's the healer so He brings healing with Him He's the Prince of Peace so He brings peace to your soul so you don't go searching just for the thing you go for the person of God and then He brings all that with him. Why don't we stand in his presence? Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.